Hey, it's Stu with Bitcoin and Financial Independence. And today I'm going to recap my experience at Bitcoin Conference 2023 that took place this past week in Miami. It was a great time. I'm glad I went. I've never really been to a conference before, so this was a new experience for me and it was really fun. Got to meet a lot of great people and network. And that's by far the most valuable part of the conference is just making those connections and getting to know people. So I flew into Miami on Thursday evening, landed at the airport, and then got an Uber to my hotel. This was also my first time in Miami. It was kind of cool to drive past the docking stations for some of the cruise ships like Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, and Carnival. I checked in around 7.30, had a really small, basic hotel room, and then went out looking for a place to eat. Uh, I was one block away from South Beach, Miami Beach, and there were a lot of restaurants to choose from in this area. It wasn't long before I found myself eating some amazing tacos. And my waitress was from Argentina, and it was interesting to talk with her. I mentioned my podcast, uh, episode 72, where I talked briefly about the Argentinian election going on and how there's a pro-Bitcoin candidate and the inflation. And she has been in the States for the past 10 months. Uh, so we talked about the inflation and how difficult it was for her. And I was just able to share why I was in town, why I think Bitcoin is a good possible solution. And hopefully I was able to plant a seed there for her to learn more about it. But after dinner, I just went for a walk along the beach. It was dark by then, so I just walked over to the ocean just to see what was going on. Not much there, just a few boats floating past. But one of the cooler things I saw was there was this place where you could work out, do pull-ups, do push-ups, do dips, an outdoor gym that was situated there on the beach. And they had shipping containers full of dumbbells and barbells and a bunch of weights so that was kind of cool i didn't get to use any of the weights because they had put them up for the night but i'd never seen that before so i did a few sets of pull-ups and dips before heading back to the hotel and just taking it easy and getting ready for the next day on friday the first day of the conference i got up pretty early wanted to get a jump on the day i had just been getting over a cold and a sinus infection so it's been a little bit tougher for me to get some good rest just uh, coughing through the night but I was up early, excited, and full of energy. And it was about a one-mile walk to the conference. I could have taken Uber or Lyft, but I wanted to get some steps in. It was a really warm, nice sunny day. I got there before the doors really open, probably around 7.30 in the morning. The room with all the booths and the expo, that, that didn't open until 8. So I had to sit around and wait. And there was a little booth with some empanadas and the spicy chicken, spicy beef empanada was really good. But eventually I got to make my way into the expo place with all the booths. And the first thing you see is a DeLorean uh, with a big Bitcoin logo on it. So that was an interesting display there. And then most people go in and they head to the right. I, uh, I took a left and I wanted to just go counter to the crowd. Some of the first booths I saw were the guys at Crypto Cloaks. And they 3D print stuff. That's what they are all about. They print, I think, like boxes and containers for miners. I think that's their main thing to tamp down the noise of a ASIC, of a Bitcoin miner, so that it's not so loud. It was good talking to those guys. They gave out some coasters that they printed and even a cookie cutter uh, in the shape of a Bitcoin, which I have already used. Uh, my wife used it to make me a Bitcoin biscuit. You can see that on my Twitter. So they had a good thing going there. Next up was Matteo Pellegrini's Orange Pill app, and I got a shirt from him. He was in a booth with some authors and had some books for sale and some swag, and that was a good time just getting to talk with him. Uh, I've talked with him on the Orange Pill app. If you're not on there, that's a great place to see where Bitcoiners are in your area and to 
make connections with other Bitcoiners. So I really appreciate the work that Mateo is doing with Orange Pill App. He was situated with uh, Brian DeMint. It seems like Brian DeMint and Orange Pill App have teamed up. Brian DeMint has been doing a lot of uh, giveaways of Satoshis on Twitter lately. And he is the author of Bitcoin Evangelism, which I need to pick up and read one of these days. But super nice guy. I talked to Scott Sibley next. He is the owner of Shamory.com. Uh, and he wrote a couple of children's Bitcoin books, like instead of Goodnight Moon, he has this book called Goodnight Bitcoin. He also has this memory game that is a really great visual representation of how Bitcoin mining works. So he demoed that for me and I immediately bought it so that I could play it with my wife and kids and teach my kids how Bitcoin mining works, as well as do some memory training for my kids and for myself. So that was a a great product he had. He's also building a well. He's got these stuffed Bitcoin monsters that he makes. And also his daughter was there with uh, bracelets that she made. So really cool things. I know some of the proceeds of the stuffed animals, I believe 21% goes towards building a well in Africa. So some cool things going on with Scott. Next up was another Scott, Scott Lindbergh and his wife Tally. And they have a game that's similar to Catan, Settlers of Catan, as it used to be known. Their game is called Huddle Up. And it's another Good way to explain how Bitcoin mining works and also the importance of cold storage versus keeping your Bitcoin on exchange and just some different uh, economic incentives. It's a pretty well-developed uh, slick game and it also teaches about Bitcoin's having cycles. I'll probably get that game in the next month or two, but they also had these awesome shirts that are sweat activated. So it's got a little Bitcoin logo on there, but if you go for a run or go to the gym and get all sweaty, an image and some words appears. So it's pretty cool. I'll post on Twitter what it looks like. Really excited about that as well. Next up, I talked to the guy that developed the Damas app, which is an app you use to use Noster, which is a decentralized Twitter. So Twitter is a company. It's public, obviously owned by Elon Musk. Everyone knows what Twitter is. Think of Twitter, but make it more like Bitcoin. It's decentralized. Uh, different people run relays. Different computers run the code. So you can't be censored on Noster. You also control your follower list and you own all of your information. You have a private key, just like you can generate with Bitcoin. And then to follow someone, you need their public key. So really interesting. If you follow anyone, if you follow Bitcoiners on Twitter, you'll probably start seeing this thing like an NPUB and, a, and that's their public key for Noster. I still need to kind of explain what Noster is. We'll try to get to that in the next month just so that people can understand this a little bit more. But it's pretty cool. But yeah, the guy that coded the main iOS app that most people use, I'm pretty impressed with his work because it's a great app. It's really good. And, you know, I asked him how he monetizes it and he doesn't. He just made it. So I bought a shirt. It's a super awesome shirt. The logo is so cool, I think. And he had some hats too, which I would have loved to buy, but they were quite expensive. But I felt good supporting him with the purchase of the shirt. So that was really cool. There was a few other interesting booths. So like Bitcoin Conference, it's focused around Bitcoin. And there's this distinction that I talk about a lot on my podcast where it's all about Bitcoin and not about crypto. Like Bitcoin is the first cryptocurrency because it uses cryptography to secure the network. But Bitcoin is very different from every other cryptocurrency. So in the jargon of Bitcoin, you have Bitcoin versus crypto. Crypto is the bucket for every other coin and Bitcoin is distinct from every other coin. Basically, the deal is that every other cryptocurrency is a scam of some sort, while Bitcoin is not. Every other cryptocurrency is an unlicensed security, and Bitcoin is a digital commodity. 
So there's not a lot of love for crypto in general. If you're into altcoins or Web3 or NFTs, that's not a great thing at Bitcoin Conference. There were a decent amount of booths for, for companies that support alternative cryptocurrencies, and I could noticeably see that those booths did not get as much attention. So like the next booth I saw was this lady, it was called like Crypto Whales, I think. And she had some nice merchandise, like this nice notebook. And she had Bitcoin branded stuff with the Bitcoin logo, but her booth had the word crypto in it. And so I could visibly see that she did not get a lot of attention. Uh, now it's in my nature. I'm the type that I went and talked to pretty much every person at every booth throughout the conference center. And that's really what my day one was. But yeah, there was interesting things. There was a whole section of art, just different uh, art hanging on the wall. I could post some of that on my Twitter as well. Some of the things that I saw there, if you want to look at it. There were also some cool video edits playing. There was a booth with this race car driver that is basically Bitcoin branded. It was a pretty awesome looking shirt. I, I wanted to buy it, but I, on day one, I ended up with like nine extra shirts and I did not check a bag. I only have a carry on. So I was already sweating how I was going to get back with all the stuff I picked up. A good amount of Bitcoin artwork in that same row that I was on. But as I continued to move through the booths, you know, one of the cooler things I saw, there was this human trafficking institute and was able to talk with them a little bit about what they do. They accept Bitcoin donations. So I donated Bitcoin and got their shirt. There were a lot of booths that were also focused on businesses and like legal and compliance and, and law firms and stuff like that, on ramps and off ramps. Just different things. Uh, so those were not super applicable to me, but still talk to them. Uh, and going back to the crypto booths, I think one of the biggest ones was this crypto exchange called Bullish. Uh, they had a bull that you could ride, but I, I did not really interact with the booth other than I did snag a free pair of sunglasses. I think I came home with like seven pairs of sunglasses. So that's probably like the best swag that I got. I just love picking up sunglasses. The other crypto exchange was called Olive. I think it's O-L-L-I-V. Uh, I didn't interact with them either just because I want to keep myself a little bit distant from the other cryptocurrencies. But uh, River, Swan, and Fold were my three main places, really strong Bitcoin-only companies, of which I'm a customer of all three of them. River had a great booth. I got one of their shirts, and they were really strongly represented. They also do hosted mining. It seems like they have a pretty strong reputation, pretty good cost. So if I wanted to get some non-KYC Bitcoin, basically Bitcoin that comes directly from a miner that I don't have to buy from an exchange that has my identity. I could buy a hosted miner and it would go directly to my wallet and the government would be unaware of where that Bitcoin came from unless my wallet becomes known to them. So I'm somewhat interested in this hosted mining stuff. I may end up doing that at some point, but River seems to have a really strong offering there. Along, along with no fees to dollar cost average, and just an awesome, solid place to get Bitcoin. And then the Swan booth. It was not exactly the best location for them, unfortunately. It was kind of tucked in a corner next to this pole. But they had a strong presence. Uh, they had a pretty popular booth once people figured out where they were. And I went by there multiple times to talk to Dante. He's over their business entity. He helped my wife onboard her business to be able to hold Bitcoin in an entity account to hold Bitcoin on her business's balance sheet. So I had a great chat with Dante. And then later on, I got to meet a couple other swans, uh, Jeremy and Nick, both super nice guys, found some common interests and was able to kind of share my story with them. And uh, I actually ended up getting an invite on Saturday uh, to the Swan House, which is this nice house. I don't know if I'd say mansion, but it's a nice house with a pool and it's on the ocean. There's these little islands. 
and a bridge going across the ocean or the bay or whatever. And so I got to go there on Saturday and I'll come back around to that. But but yeah, really cool talking with Swan. They were right next to El Salvador. There were some real estate investments that you could make in El Salvador. Uh, you know, they've got Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador. They were talking about selling some real estate investments. I think uh, Surf City, stuff like that. Over in the same general area, there was the Fold booth. They were kind of by these games. They had cornhole, they had chess, and got to talk with the the guy over customer support at Fold. So that was great to learn more about that company. I'm a big believer in Fold, and they've definitely helped me grow in my stack of Bitcoin. So that was another great connection. There were two mining companies that are publicly traded at the conference. One is Marathon Digital Holdings, and the other is CleanSpark. They both, I think, had pretty good quarters, but was able to talk with both of them and learn more about the business. There was a lot of uh, private companies that just sell ASICs that do hosted mining, that do things like that. I saw K&N Air Filters. This is a company I know from dirt bikes, racing dirt bikes and motocross. I use K&N Filters, but I guess they have filtration services that they've gotten into the Bitcoin mining space. So that was kind of cool. I would love to see K&N somehow move more towards motocross. I'd love to see a motocross athlete or a racer get paid in Bitcoin or talk about Bitcoin, things like that. Because I do think the motocross and supercross community could really use uh, some education and some exposure to Bitcoin because dirt bikes are super expensive and they're only getting more expensive. So inflation has really made it kind of tough along with all the supply chain issues and all that. So that was interesting to see K&N there. I was not expecting that. Uh, I know the mayor of Miami, he's pro-Bitcoin and he has been taking his salary in Bitcoin for the last, I think, two years now. So Miami had this thing there, you know, just to encourage you to move there. And they gave me a coconut to drink out of, which was pretty cool. I've never done that before. But yeah, that was kind of the main part of the conference in the Expo Center. Uh, other than talking with Arculus, which is a self-custody service, and Seed Signer and Foundation, uh, just different hardware wallets. There's some problems going on with Ledger and with Trezor that I've talked about. Actually, I don't think I've talked about Ledger. But if you have a Ledger device, you probably want to replace it at some point or don't do the update. I'm not going to get into it here, but they have made a mistake and you probably need to get a different, better hardware wallet. And Foundation is one of those options. Uh, so is Cold Card and the Blockstream Jade. So I'll talk more about those some other time. So I'll talk more about those some other time. But I was able to catch a few keynotes, not a ton. Um, I caught most of Cynthia Lummis, uh, the senator from Wyoming. Her keynote was really good. I also caught RFK, that's Robert Kennedy. Uh, presidential candidate for the Democratic Party. He had a solid presentation of points and, and pledges to protect rights to be self-sovereign and separate the government from your money. It seems like he gets it. Now, he doesn't totally get it all the way, but he he's on the right track. And obviously, he's a politician and a lawyer, and you know there's stigmas there with honesty. And, and who really knows? But his message overall was quite on point with the values of Bitcoin. He got quite a few cheers. I also got to hear the Vivek Ramaswamy keynote. That was a pretty good talk. He's a Republican presidential candidate, and he is only 37, but he definitely seemed a bit more conversant, a bit more of a dynamic speaker as well, uh, but just kind of a lesser-known candidate. So cool to see those. I really didn't catch a lot of keynotes other than those three and a little bit of Robert Breedlove. But I did catch Jack Mahler's, and then he had another segment on Saturday morning where I actually got to uh, give him a fist bump and say hi. He's the CEO of Strike, and they just expanded to El Salvador and a bunch of other countries to where they can now serve 3 billion customers. So that's pretty huge. Kind of a big deal. 
But yeah, it was a long day. Day one was really me just going around to all the booths and then going out and exploring Miami a little bit, uh, going into a few art galleries and some shops and getting some amazing ice cream. And then Saturday, I focused more on these in-depth conversations with Fold, Swan, River, Clean Spark, Marathon, and Foundation. Oh, and I almost forgot I got to meet Mitchell, Mitchell Hodel from Twitter. I actually quoted him on my most recent episode, episode 76, about real estate. So that was really cool to put a face with the name there. Uh, He works for Blockware, which is a place where you can buy Bitcoin miners that are hosted. So they host them and get them set up and then they just mine directly to your Bitcoin wallet. So it was great talking with him because he uh, puts out some pretty interesting content. I also got to meet Nick Garland, who works for Simple Mining, and I guess he's also a pro baseball player. Uh, I had not heard of him because I don't follow baseball at all, but it was also neat to meet him because I get these emails all the time from him whenever they have new Bitcoin miners come available that you can also buy and get hosted through them. I also got to meet a guy named Leon who runs BitcoinNews.com, a news site, and I guess I might have a chance to be able to contribute to his site and write some articles at some point. So again all about the networking and connections that you make at a conference like this. It was a great day. I ended up leaving the conference a little bit early on Saturday, at least earlier than I anticipated to go to the Swan House. I got a lift to this house. It was only 10 minutes away. Uh, Super nice house, but there was a gate, and they had to verify since my name wasn't on the list. They had to check with the person that invited me, and then I got the go-ahead to head inside the house after a few minutes. Got a wristband as well. So yeah, it was a little bit uh, disorienting. I wasn't sure what to do at first. Felt a little out of place, uh, just not knowing anyone really, except for a few of the guys at Swan that I've only talked to for a handful of minutes in person. But at first, just getting into the house, I ended up talking with some guys from overseas that I think do accounting software and I think work with Swan on the back end. I'm not exactly sure, but they were really cool to talk with. Uh, I ended up meeting this guy named Al and kind of hanging around him, following him around. We had some great discussions throughout the night, and he's met several of these people already. So Al took me over to meet Greg Foss. I could see Greg. He's a pretty loud, enthusiastic type of person, and got introduced to him. Super nice guy, and he said he'd come on the podcast, so I'm going to try to get that scheduled here soon. Uh, I know there's been some drama with Greg Foss on Twitter over the last week or so because of his takeaways from the conference. There were some things that he didn't like, and he got fired up and kind of Ran his mouth a little bit, but from what I can tell, he's very passionate about Bitcoin, about the future of money, and especially uh, for the kids. That's kind of his thing. So you'll learn more of his perspective here soon when I have him on the show. I also got to meet Sean Harris, who is a professional basketball player overseas in Europe. And I did not recognize him because, once again, I don't follow professional basketball. I don't even know if he's played pro in the States, but he's over in Europe right now. So it was interesting to meet him as well. I saw Nat Burnell. She's really big in the Bitcoin space. She runs a podcast called Coin Stories and is always hanging out with Michael Saylor and these other big influencers. I got to meet Stephen Lavera. He also has his own podcast. It's named after himself. And I need to check out his podcast still. I've got several episodes downloaded, but I just hadn't gone to his neck of the woods with uh, Bitcoin. I also got to meet Luke Broyles, who I have quoted on the podcast in recent weeks. He kind of came out of nowhere and was just in my feed a whole bunch. But he started working for Swan on Monday, May 22nd. Um, I asked him how he got the job, and he just said tweeting. So he tweeted himself into a job at Swan Bitcoin, which is really cool. Uh, Just got to chat with him very briefly. I ended up also meeting James Lavish. He's probably one of the people I was most excited to talk to. He has a really interesting, awesome 
newsletter that I subscribe to all about macro. I believe his newsletter is called The Informationist, and he just helps you understand the macro environment and how like the Federal Reserve and the government and credit default swaps and I-bonds and treasuries, how all of that stuff works. So some really great insights I've learned from James Lavish about how the economy works. Um, I also got to meet this 13-year-old. This 13-year-old was there with his mom. Uh, he has a website. It's a work in progress right now, but it's called Gen Z for BTC. So Gen Z for Bitcoin. And from what I gather, his whole take is just uh, trying to get Gen Z excited about Bitcoin because maybe they're a little bit uh, apathetic or ambivalent about it. But it was just really cool to see this 13-year-old uh, already pretty knowledgeable and just excited and trying to build in the space already. I don't know if he's trying to build content or, or what exactly he's trying to do, but good chance I have him on the podcast as well. Uh, it was really awesome to hear his story, and we've since uh, interacted more on Twitter. So awesome stuff there. Um, I also met this guy, and I need to learn probably a little bit more about him, but Jordan Bush, uh, he's associated. There was another conference um, before Bitcoin Miami. It was called Thank God for Bitcoin Conference. And just looking at the website, it says that their goal is to educate and equip Christians to understand Bitcoin and use it for the glory of God and the good of people everywhere. I just see a good amount of blog posts there talking about sound money. Uh, they also have this book called Thank God for Bitcoin, The Creation, Corruption, and Redemption of Money. Jimmy Song is one of the authors. So is Jordan Bush from when I take it. There's like seven authors of this book. I haven't read it, but it's on the list. But Jordan Bush is the head of content and education at thank god for bitcoin and anyway we had a nice chat there on the dock we probably talked for an hour about some doctrinal topics and some great discussion there so really cool meeting him uh you know he really just kind of came up to me and asked me what my my i think my faith story was or my my story with with jesus so we got to talking and had a great discussion out there and then finally as i was heading out you know and i'd been hanging out with um al and also jeremy uh, a swan employee but i had been there for probably about four hours at this point just kind of bouncing around. But as I was heading out, I ended up talking to this guy that works for Start9. And Start9 is really cool, a cool company, a cool product. They make computers where you can run a Bitcoin core node. That means you're just part of the network, supporting the network. You have the whole ledger with you. And you're not necessarily mining, but you are helping support the Bitcoin network. You can also open a Lightning channel, which is just another way to help Bitcoin by routing Lightning payments. Um, which is that layer two of Bitcoin that makes it extremely fast and efficient and lowers the fees tremendously. You can also run a Nostra Relay. You can also host your own private cloud if you want to, um, and also your own password manager. So all these things, it's kind of like self-sovereign computing. And I need to talk a little bit more about what this all means uh, with Start9 and with Nostra. I know these are not topics I have covered on the podcast before, but really cool to meet this guy that works there. His Twitter handle is GrassFitBitcoin. But anyway, really cool to talk with him. They just lowered their prices on some of their things and simplified their models. Uh, so I'm really strongly looking at getting one of these one day and being able to validate my own Bitcoin transactions. And it's just a way to get an added level of privacy, for, not only for Bitcoin, but for your own browsing in your own cloud. You don't, you don't have to rely. You can actually set up your own cloud. So interesting stuff going on there. I hope to get more information on that later on. But after I left the party, I just went back to my hotel and I probably spent about the next three hours unpacking my suitcase and then repacking it because I had to find a way to make all of these nine shirts and like three hats and six pairs of sunglasses and pairs of socks and stickers and books. And I just uh, ended up with a good amount of swag and I only brought a carry-on, so a really small suitcase. So I was trying to make everything fit, rolling things up super tight. But yeah, I just went to bed. I had to wake up at three in the morning to make it to the airport in time. 
I got lucky. Uh, I got to sit next to another Bitcoiner. And she and I also had a really good conversation for most of the flight. So it was really fun. And I learned a lot from her as well. Uh, she's really, really into Bitcoin Twitter and knows a lot of people. And I think she was pretty jealous I got to go to the Swan House as well. Anyway, it was such a fun time, but I'm going to wrap it up and leave it at that and hopefully produce a few more podcast episodes here soon. If you want to catch any of the keynotes, uh, I will link the, the YouTube where you can go to Bitcoin Magazine and watch all of those keynotes. And you can learn a lot about Bitcoin from these keynotes. Uh, some of them were a lot better than others. But anyway, really glad I went. Not sure I'll be able to make it next year. They're moving next year's location from Miami to Nashville, which is a lot closer and more convenient for me. But I've got a family trip that may interfere with that. So not sure I'll make it next year, but I definitely want to try to go to Pacific Bitcoin at some point. That is a Swan-hosted conference, or I guess what they're calling festival. Uh, that takes place in the fall this year. I'm not sure I'll make it this fall, but I'm going to try to go to at least one Bitcoin conference every year. The other big conference that I've heard about is called BitBlock Boom, and that takes place in Texas. And I think it's also more geared towards business owners. But I'm sure I'd still have a great time if I went there. So that's my report on Bitcoin Conference 2023. This was a little bit different and longer episode. But anyway, I'll pump out some more content here before too long. Remember that financial independence is doable, and I'll be back with you soon.